It's episode two of the Canvas Casters podcast. We've been patiently waiting on this day for a few weeks as we go international with Paul Towers from Wolverhampton, England. But first, a look ahead. Our goals as a podcast are to keep things consistent. And as our audience grows, we want you to be aware of our release schedule. It is our hope to provide a podcast one to two times per month with episodes dropping near the end of the week. With that being said, Eddie and I are coming up on our fall breaks here in Indiana, and we'll be using this time to recharge. This should allow us to get another episode out to you during the last week of October or possibly the first week of November. So keep subscribing and tuning in. The best is yet to come. In this episode, we will be talking to Paul Towers, who will give us the skinny from CanvasCon Europe. Too many of us couldn't be there, but Paul is going to give us his top takeaways along with much, much more. Welcome, Paul Towers, to the show, the Canvas Casters podcast. Paul, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. A little bit about Paul, who studied sculpture at University of Wolverhampton and studied education and teaching, then taught fine arts at a college, but came back to the University of Wolverhampton as a blended learning advisor. He got a master's in learning in a digital age. He's a senior fellow of the HEA, and he's a Canvas advocate. He's a Canvasador and a certified Canvas Jedi, who we aspire to be. So, Paul, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the other things that you've done in education. I know you said the last two years you've been an educational developer. Yep. And then you talk a little bit about the VLE and the yep. LMS project from day one. I, I am completely unfamiliar on what VLE stands <laughs> for. So yep. <laughs> if you kind of bring me up to speed and hopefully somebody else out there will be like, yeah, I had no clue what that was. Well, just like every bit of technology, we have different terms. So uh, right. a RVLE is basically your LMS. So a VLE is virtual learning environment. So it's just a different way of, of saying LMS, basically. So uh, but the, the, the clue, and I'll probably touch on it later, the clue is... It's learning. It's a learning environment, um, which is the main thing. Paul, would now be a good time for me to tell you that I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan? Okay. See, I'm a rugby fan, so football, <laughs> that conversation is going to be lost on me for quite some time. <laughs> well, right. What <laughs> happened? Listen, Paul, this is what happened just now. I don't know if you heard it. Marcus was like, hey, I've got somebody from England on the phone. I'm going to talk soccer. Right. And then you were like, eh, I'm not really into soccer. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's and not Marcus soccer. Dream, you just heard it like just completely deflate sorry yeah, he was so excited what what i've learned is that paul is way more manly than, <laughs> that's than true. a that's lot true. of people because if you're into rugby man yeah i want to mess with guys ball. do not mess around right <laughs> <laughs> i feel like there's things things are flying through the air yeah. fireworks are popping off yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a good time at the moment with the world cup being on so uh, yeah it's uh, it's good to watch it but to be honest i've just We've been to Barcelona this week and it's just been busy at work. It's been difficult to uh, catch up on the games. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a gentleman's sport. Is rugby. <laughs> awesome. One of the questions I have right off the bat is what is an educational developer? Um, again, we've already talked about sort of the, the nomenclature that uh, we're noticing some differences. So what exactly is an educational developer? And tell us a little bit about your school and what your role is there. Okay, so I work in the College of Learning and Teaching within the University of Wolverhampton. We are focused mainly on pedagogical development with our academics. We provide training. We do um, teaching as well. We're all on sort of um, academic contracts within the university, and we're quite a small team that supports um, going into uh, three faculties, lots of disciplines, lots of subject areas. 
and we provide training for our staff. Uh, we also teach on, um, we've got, I've got two uh, CEDA accredited courses, which is the staff and educational development courses, which we teach with our academics or we have our academics on there as students. But I think one of the main things that we do, we, we, we support the projects that are going on in the university, learning and teaching projects that are going on in the university as well as providing some sort of technology solution, but also focusing on the pedagogy and the learning and teaching aspect. It doesn't all have to be uh, with technology as well. Um, We work with an awful lot of our um, academics across the university. And I think that's one of the key things of, of why I enjoy the job so much, because we get to see lots of different people in nursing, engineering, science, mathematics, um, and we're all supporting them within their sort of classroom development and their learning and teaching development. That's incredible uh, because Marcus and I kind of do the same job. Yeah. But right. I don't think anybody's calling us educational developers, right, Marcus? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm listening to Paul talk about what he does every day and I'm like, that's me. Yeah, that's um, what we do. That's so, us. yeah. And, and we have but different we joke about it. Yeah. yeah we joke right. about it all the time about how everybody's doing very similar work and we all have these different titles. So mm-hmm. my title is coordinator of digital learning. Okay. Uh, Eddie is a what are you, Eddie? A CTE innovation coach. Oh, see, oh, wow. that sounds that right. sounds really fancy. Career and technical education side of things. But yeah, like they just call everybody calls it something different. But we all belong yeah. to like the same group of people, which is I great. Do. Yeah. And that innovation coach is a really nice little touch. I quite like that. You know, to be a, I love it. To, to yeah, be the, a coach in innovation. That's lovely. The word innovation is strong. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Real strong. Now we see you present on professional development, like through creativity. And that's something Marcus and I are really passionate about. We talk about that all the time. So I think initially when we started communicating with you and we noticed that you were doing a session at, you know, CanvasCon in Europe uh, about creativity and professional development, we've tried to find ways, Marcus and I, on on doing some engaging stuff with our professional development, making, making it exciting. So tell us about your work on that side of things across the pond. So we we have, uh, as I mentioned, uh, two accredited courses, uh, which is uh, pretty much our backbone, which are learning to tutor online. So we support the academics who are going to do distance learning courses or uh, even teach um, purely online. But the other one is digital transformations, which is a really nice one, which is actually in its second week. Um, and we actually have some tutorials tomorrow. Um, so it's a, another busy day tomorrow. Um, and that focuses on having our academics doing sort of some sort of digital transformation, taking something that would either be a fairly you know standard traditional process, flip chart paper or whatever it might be, and actually using sort of a, the digital tools that we have in the university and, and sort of exploring and creating new ways of doing that. Uh, we, we also have the sort of standard um, you know, how-to support um, of how to use Canvas and things. Um, but what we try and distill is having the academics feel like a student. So we put them in that creative space. We put them in that sort of that, that focusing in of that discussion. And and sometimes, and with the Learning Tutor Online course, what we also try and do is put some barriers in that course. So make them feel like actual students that if they're on at a distance course, they, they're isolated, but, you know, they might, ask a few questions that don't go unanswered and it's it's a purpose thing to sort of get the get the academics to feel like they're in the student's shoes we do an awful lot of uh, interdisciplinary discussions in our sessions we um we get them to reflect on their own academic practice and we do a lots of wonderful immersion um immersive learning experiences the 
presentation that we've just done at CanvasCon was showing our mixed media learning model, which um, basically is trying to get them to understand how to create resources in a much more effective and holistic way, rather than just saying, I'm just going to create a quick video on Panopto or on Canvas and, and there it's done. But track to get them think about what do they want the students to do? What do they have to do as an individual? What kind of activities do they need to go back? Is it something that um, is a, a periodic thing like formative assessment or is it something that's only going to be released in recent weeks? But the actual model we've created is fits perfectly in uh, origami form. So we've made, um, I don't know if you've seen it over. Oh, no, Marcus, I love this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> did, you see, did you see this thing on Twitter? Like the origami? Did you see that, Marcus? On no, the, I didn't. Oh, man. We, we generally, so as a school kid, we used to make them as a school kid. So we used to call them fortune tellers. So, yes. Yes. So you have, you pick it, you pick a number, you do one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Pick a color. That's a sound, that's sound effect for our audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> it's a great sound effect. It's exactly on the. It's actually on the Thank nose. You. That's that one. Thank you. <laughs> but what we what we've done with the with the model is uh, inside each flap is a questions that they. So for for example, the first um, one was about goal. What kind of goals do you want to set? What do you actually want to try and to achieve? And when you flip, flip that flap up, it gives you some sort of questions to sort of ask yourself to, to get to that goal stage but underneath that as well there's also evaluation questions so the evaluation is run right the through through the whole um cycle so there's no point doing an evaluation at the end of something you've got to think of those sort of questions as you're building that because obviously you want to try and get the data and you're trying to learn the lessons as you go forward as well man it's so powerful yes <laughs> good. Yeah. i'm telling you it was a good session. Yeah. And I'm sure it's well received and well attended. If you did that in the States, Marcus, they'd be packing rooms. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like there I, I was listening. Cool. I do. I did. Now that you discussed it, now I'm remembering the 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 tweet. Yes. Um, you know, I got to say, Eddie, what did you call that thing when you were a kid? What Paul's I, describing? Somebody told me because I asked the question because there was a, I was like, what is that? And somebody said, well, that's a fortune, a fortune teller. What, you know, that's what mm-hmm. Paul just described it as. I don't remember it ever being called that. I right. thought it was another term. So if you come in here with something, then I'm probably going to say, that's it. That's what I remember it as. I remember calling that thing a cootie catcher. A cootie catcher. Yes. Yep. That's wow. what we call it. Cootie catcher. <laughs> and sometimes there weren't very nice things inside. The right. Yeah. Cootie catcher. Yeah. So. We weren't using it. We weren't using it for nearly the, uh, level of academia uh that that paul's describing right uh, i, I love the nostalgia that. is hot on it. right exactly you got the nostalgia there everybody knows that thing and now i feel you're, like there was always a chant too marcus it was like my mother said that you you know like as you yeah, were one like, of those yep yeah, yeah I, whew, it was strong it was real strong <laughs> that's so cool another um, session, uh, just just to add another session that uh, two of my colleagues run uh Gemma witten and uh, laura marston is we have panopto have you heard of panopto uh over in the state no so it's a lecture capture software basically um but we do an awful lot of work with personal capture as well and we have it integrated into canvas and what when they do their session it, they do panopto bingo so they have stickers they have awesome flip charts of, and you basically try to get a full house with the different uses of how to do panopto and it's a I've been in a session. It's a really fun session to do. And the, stu- the staff do love it. And that's, but that's so hard. And I know Marcus can attest to this too. Making professional development fun mm. for educators is a work. And doing it for your students is also work. And I'm hoping by modeling some of that and the things that we've done, 
is to show that, yes, this is work, but like, look how engaging it was. And I, I'm living the dream. Like today, I spent a lot of time building that professional development and I was on the fence about how it was going to work. And, you know, these teachers that come out of industry and now they're, they're teaching kind of their passion fields. Were they going to be as engaged as I wanted them to be? Or were they just going to think this was silly or was, or was this just going to be another thing that I was giving them? So it, it definitely was really cool to see that come together. Um, and, and that's something that we've talked a lot about. I, I think a lot of credit has got to be down to also sort of like people like yourself and uh, people within our institution that create those sort of things, because you are putting yourself on the line. You're doing something that's quite creative and you've got to have a mutual trust that, they're the participants and our academics and our staff are also going to engage with it because if they if they're close-minded and they don't want to that session is just going to fall flat and no one's right. going to have a good time it's just going to be no one's going to learn anything they've got to be engaged they've got to be up for it and if they if they come into that room with that mindset then you've got a, a winning combination how does canvas help you reach some of those goals i think uh, as a as a product but also as a company as a bad witness at CanvasCon, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to go to uh, InstructureCon a couple of times. Their ethos of, of making learning um, flexible, fun, uh, and making a, a piece of software that allows that flexibility. But I think them as a, as a provider, we have a great relationship with Canvas in, in Europe and certainly in London offices. And if it's a fun company and you're having those personal connections with those people, I think the product... Is a is a bit of a beacon for that as well, and I think it shines through some of the 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 attitudes that they have, and it's 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 they're very engaging, they're very engaging people, and that definitely is shown in in Canvas. Well, I just want I just want to listen to Paul talk all day. Everything sounds really cool <laughs> when Paul says it. I'm not, and I'm not even speaking like I could listen to Paul. You know, read the directions to my macaroni and cheese um, and be <laughs> and be interested. But um, but beyond that, though, the content like I just I just love titles or titles. But ultimately, what what Paul's talking about is exactly what we're doing. Um, we're all doing the same thing. We're all facing the same challenges and we're all coming from a common place, um, which I just think is really impressive. I just I just sat here and listened and I was just my mouth was agape and I was just staring at my screen, just enjoying listening to uh, to Paul talk shop. Right. You know, I think we forget. I think we forget that, you know, proximity has nothing to do with the end goals that we have in education. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think the other part for me too is the piece that I always go back to in this community of people that do kind of the same job that we do, which is it feels pretty lonely in your district. It, it feels extremely lonely in your schools, but there are all these people out there, which is why we love to connect with each other. And then when we get to hear somebody else go through kind of the same process and the same, you're like, oh, maybe maybe I am doing this right. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, maybe this is maybe this is hitting the places that it needs to hit. Yeah. And it's just so refreshing, Paul, to hear you come in and kind of even you're thousands of miles away from us uh, to hear kind of the same. You're dealing with kind of the same thing we're dealing with. You're you're fighting the same fight that we're fighting. So yeah. it's it's just really refreshing to hear. I think I'm, I, there's there's times I think everyone has 
in every in- industry uh, and certainly education and, and certainly the, is it K-12 that you both teach? Yep. My uh, my wife's a, a special needs primary school teacher um, and obviously I work at the university. I, 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 there's times when I'm incredibly proud of being in education. It's a, it's it's you know I'm I'm an educator. I I can sit down with a colleague. I can show them a bit of, a bit of fun functionality, or we can you know rewrite a whole curriculum. And that there are days when that happens, and you just think, well, I work at a university. You know, I'm uh, I'm originally from Bradford, from up north, a small family. My my brother's done very well, but never went to university, and I did, and I didn't know the direction that I wanted to go in. But now working at a university and having that that feeling that you get when there's a bit of a light bulb moment for, for an academic in, in their change of direction is, is really humbling and, and very powerful. Um, yeah, we obviously have bad days, but so does everyone. But I think it's, it's, a, it's such a rewarding job in being in any kind of form of education. With Canvas and their community element, you know the product's great. It does what it does, and it says on the tin. But the community element and the conference that I've just been at, and bond and the friendship that we've developed over the years, really shines through. And I, I don't think I, I, I'd ever want to change that. So we've talked a lot about the community and uh, some really great things. Mm-hmm. But as you as you well know, um, we oftentimes get the most out of. Uh, the flops or the failures. Uh, so we all have those failing moments and uh, we love hearing other people's failure moments because we figure um, that's something that you were able to learn from and probably listeners can learn from. So Paul, what is, what is your uh, failure moment in education? Um, oh, it's, we're putting him on the couch. Marcus. Wait, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the couch. Um, don't have assumptions about anything. You know, test your market, work with the people. But there's been scenarios where you see you get emails that email after email from the same people that need the same help over and over again. And it can be the simple thing, the simplest functionality in Canvas to use, but there's something not quite clicking. Um, and it's, it's, it's bitten me a couple of times where I've assumed that maybe an academic should know what I'm trying to get at and they don't. But I think um, that can all be remedied though over a coffee and a piece of cake and uh, and uh, we can get through it. But yeah, there, there haven't been massive flops, if I'm really honest, which certainly with Canvas, um, but don't take anything um, as an assumption. And uh, that's probably my, my main bit of advice. That is really great sort of universal advice. Um, and, and I don't know who said it, but I've heard something similar that goes along the lines of just it related, assume the, assume the best mm. uh, from the people you're working with. And, and again, sort of hitting on what you've said along with some things we've talked about today. Um, you know, sometimes you have that person where it's, you're thinking we've gone through this or whatever, mm. and um, it's probably best to assume the best yeah. um, as, as to avoid you know, unnecessary confrontations or, or, or issues. And I, I just, I just think that's great advice for everybody. You just got back from Canvas Con. Yes. And it was a big deal, right? That's, that, is it a big conference? Because we're unfamiliar. We've never been. I think, I think, uh, well, so the previous Canvas Cons have been uh, uh, London focused. Um, so there was a Natural History Museum and the Barbican last year. 
uh, and this year they've they've taken it out on pretty much on the road, uh, which is really good. Barcelona, I've never been before. Beautiful place. The conference itself, the the ability to speak with everyone from you know Spanish to you know uh, Norwegian to Scandinavian to you know I think even there was a few people from um, Australia there. Uh, wow. which which is fantastic. I think about 600 to 700 delegates, which was really good. The presentations were fantastic. Um, it gave us an opportunity as well to tell our story and how long we've had Canvas and the, the work that we've done and the training and the professional development uh, and also hear other people's stories as well. And I think that's the key thing. The, 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 the sessions were good, but I think in between those times, the breakouts and the breaks and the lunch times and the lovely reception um by the pool on the monday night you know not mean to brag or anything um, <laughs> sounds fantastic <laughs> right. really nice it was a cracking venue those those opportunities build the relationships and those opportunities build the connections and and as you were saying earlier about sometimes you feel isolated being at those kind of events you know we're all trying to do the same job and we're all trying to get the be- the the benefits out of our students and the benefits out of our staff and um it does it is it is really it's it's great to be in that kind of environment with everyone else i always say like it just recharges me and i don't know how marcus feels about it but it's eventually my batteries get worn down yeah doing the same old thing over and over again and i and i need to go to those types of things as just a mental recharge so that i can be around folks that kind of you know invigorate me again and and get me excited about some of the things that we're doing and showing me cool stuff. And to segue into that, let's talk about kind of the the big three. What are what are some things that, that you saw maybe at CanvasCon this year that you were super excited about, people that didn't get an opportunity to go? What did you see taking away being like, oh, I didn't know we could do that. And I, I have a kind of a fresh take on how we can use the tool moving forward. Okay. So my first one of uh, new analytics that is coming out uh looks incredibly powerful for for our academics to really tap into that data to see what students are doing and hopefully in the future sort of almost predict where they're going to be in six weeks times to to either put any interventions in or or provide them with additional feedback of the directions that need to go in so analytics was a was a big push some of the stuff that we've been promoting here at wolverhampton is is certainly the the idea that um, use Canvas to present from. It sounds like a simple, basic thing, but if you have an academic that goes into their My Documents or Office 365 to pull up their PowerPoint, um, why not go get that through Canvas? Go into your course, go into that content area and go into that week or that module week or whatever and find that PowerPoint and open it up and present via Canvas And because it really instills the the feeling that students, this is, a, this is another environment, this is a another space that they they, they can utilize um, and they can get the same materials. Um, you know, I talk about with a number of colleagues as a, as a lecturer, you wouldn't go into a classroom and just throw your resources at them to, to do with what they wish. You've got to provide some sort of structure and some sort of narrative around where they need to find the information by doing that in canvas and putting it into modules and bring it into that structure. It just allows students to flow into Canvas far more easily and far more effectively if it was being used as a sort of a presentation tool. Analytics, 
the ability to present from in Canvas and show use Canvas as a presentation tool. And certainly the modules and pages is something that we, we push quite a lot with our academics to build that structure and to build that narrative. Okay. So now that we put you on the spot with CanvasCon, great recap, by the way. I think a lot of our listeners will appreciate those things. Those are the those are some big threes around here as well. I know that's a lot of the conversations I'm having with staff. Who are your who are your go-tos on social media? Who are the people that you're following uh, that you see doing some great stuff inside the uh, Canvas LMS? Okay, so she was mentioned last week. So Kona Jones. She... <laughs> Marcus, we're going to need to get yeah, Kona Jones on the show. Right? Right? Yeah. Are, you, are you feeling a theme yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, she's, she's just, she is the Jedi. She, there's, you know, she's she's awesome. She's all over it. I've been very fortunate to meet her a couple of times at InstructureCon, and she's she's just as brilliant and lovely in person as she is on Twitter. And along with that, Beth Crook, um, who I, I managed to meet last year, um, equally just fantastic with the support and the help that she gives to other Twitter users on Canvas. Uh, definitely give her a shout out. And possibly one that I'm probably not allowed to say because he <laughs> does he does work for Canvas. But um, Kenny Nickel, who's the um, general manager for EMA, he is just such a down-to-earth, lovely, lovely guy. He's, uh, you know, you get a feeling with any kind of company that is a sales, but sales pitch in, in terms of, you know, what, what their product can do. But with Kenny, it's just passion all the way. And he loves the users. He loves the stories. He loves the hearing the the, the wonderful examples that are going on. And he's always happy to see the, 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 the clients and the people that are around there uh, using Canvas. So uh, Kenny Nickel as well is just He's just brilliant. He's just a good mate. Maybe this is a good time, Marcus, to stress that we are an unofficial podcast of Canvas LMS. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Like, let's let's say it again: the unofficial uh, Canvas LMS podcast. We're doing this because we're fans and we're part of the community. Yeah. Uh, but absolutely, I I don't think we're going to get in any trouble for saying you know Kenny on here. I, I hope right. not. If we if we know, we'll be shut down in a week. So <laughs> it's been a good we'll run. Quickly. Yeah, it was a heck of a run while it lasted. <laughs> heck uh, of a run. I can really appreciate uh, Paul's perspective on sort of your interaction with folks within uh, in structure within Canvas. Um, we have had the same experiences. Uh, Eddie and I have both have had experiences with folks within the company. And that's certainly been my impression as well. You know, if your title says sales or, you know, products, mm -hmm. whatever it is, there is that stigma that this person's just going to try to sell me. And, and I think both Eddie and I can speak to a similar experience with folks we've worked with where we don't get that vibe. So they're either really, really good at it or, <laughs> or they are just, you know, shooting us straight, yeah. um, mm -hmm. which I can appreciate. Yeah. So definitely. Um, how can our listeners connect with you, sir? So Twitter, Towers 1983 gives you a bit of a hint of my date of birth. Uh, LinkedIn, <laughs> right? Um, so it'll be Paul Towers, Wolverhampton University. And if you want to see my dog, my family, the walks that I do, Instagram, which is Towers83. Also, because we just need to know, Paul, how long have you been inside the Canvas LMS? Like how long have you been a user slash facilitator slash teacher inside uh, the LMS? Okay, so we've had Canvas for about three years. Uh, we did a huge tender evaluation uh, that involved uh, 80 academics, support staff and students that chose Canvas. So that we very much put the... Uh, requirement you know the the need within the um our academics and student community so i've been lucky enough to be part of the vle aka lms project from day one 
well before that. Um, and then when we got Canvas, pretty much first user, getting on there, looking around, playing. Um, we then, I designed the training for the university. So I had to learn it pretty quickly, <laughs> which is never easy. Right. Um, I then also helped the transition and the cultural change piece within the university. And I've been very fortunate to present at InstructureCon a couple of times. They even sent me to Dubai to present out there um, as part of, Ooh. I know, very nice. Wow. Um, yeah. Marcus. Yeah. We are in the wrong, no one is sending us to Dubai. Right. <laughs> right. It was I'd be hyped to leave the state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it was, um, it was a, a, a deal that I had to make with my wife to take her to a spa weekend so I could go out to Dubai. Um, but yeah, it was, it was worth it. So, yeah. So, um, big time user, uh, I do quite, you know, use it pretty much every day. I'm in there. Uh, I like to think I know most of the functionality. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's official. That's if you're like one of the first people to be using it, I think you're officially an OG. (laughs) There we go. Um, I might have to put that on my email signature if that's all right. It's Absolutely. fine. It's okay. It, yeah, it's we're officially tagging it as our thing, but I'm sure somebody else will <laughs> take it from us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Marcus. Let's let's send her out here. All right. Uh, we want to thank some of our latest followers and listeners. Uh, Miss Z at Miss Zen Tech on Twitter. Colleen Haig at C Haig underscore CBSD. Faye Ellis at Faye Nicole. Gabrielle Feliciani at mm. G underscore Feliciani and a fellow Hoosier, Chris Hitchcock at C Hitch 94. And last but certainly not least, our canvas brother from another mother, Paul Towers. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Excellent. So good. Did you, we got to start with that. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> So good. Oh, I was so jacked up there. Okay. All right. Paul, thanks again. We really do appreciate you being a part of the podcast. Kind of our very first few episodes, we're super fortunate to have the community behind us. And as always, listeners, remember, we don't work for Canvas. Canvas works for us. Yeah.